Welcome back to the Retromancer Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Nathan. I'm Steve. And we're back for another episode to talk about returning to Netrunner. So, yeah. we just bought the uh, System Gateway Starter Packs, uh, Steven. So, you kind of surprised me. Uh, and you bought the physical packs for us to play with. And, um, and we had a great time, and we played through them in kind of the new player experience uh and we got to sort of parse through uh what nisei put together um and it was really fun and we had a really good time and i actually played it with a couple other people as well and i thought what a really good thing to probably talk about at this point in time would be uh sort of talking about what our advice is to players who are just looking to sort of get into netrunner and uh what should they expect and, uh, and what should they plan for to try to have the greatest experience? What, what do you think, Stephen? Well, the really great thing about right now is that they, Project Nisei basically came out with their own starting corset called System Gateway. And that's, even though we bought everything that Project Nisei has designed, that the new System Gateway was a really great way just to get our foot back in the door of playing again. And, uh, it was really nice because they have separated the starter set of theirs into some different stages, which really walks you through learning the game. So you've got like the, the super baby intro stage, which runs like a mini game. And then you shuffle in a couple more cards to kind of create the full game. Exactly. And then if you want to get the full system gateway experience, they actually divide it into two halves. So they've got a starter decks, basically, which had that experience you just talked about. And the second half of it is a deck-building pack, which then you can get the remaining cards, so you'd have three of each card, um, and also additional identities, so you have kind of now the, the rudimentary beginnings of each faction for the corpse and the runner. And the starter pack was about, it was about uh, like $25. And then the deck building pack was like 25 also. And you can get them together if you really want to for a couple bucks cheaper. Yeah, and it was great. And the other thing is that they also have the print and play available. So if you don't want to go through like a third-party printing service that we did. Um, or you don't have any money. Actually, yeah, exactly. Or you just like, I don't want to commit yet. You can always print proxies. You know, Magic Commons are really easy to find, find some lands, you know, sleeve them, print out your own cards, and then just play them for fun. Dip your toe in the water a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way to put it. Sure. Um, so it's it's basically my recommendation that, uh, you know, Net, Netrunner's a really complicated game, and, and it's really different from, you know, every other game that i've ever played and so um it takes a little bit of learning at first uh in order to get kind of just kind of grok the rule set a little bit and um one thing that i found that really helps sort of uh, the whole experience all around is to really just like find yourself a buddy to learn the rules with um and play the game with and one of the reasons why it netrunner um one of the advantages of netrunner is that when you buy the cards, you get both sides, which are mutually exclusive. So 
you basically you you get two decks right um and so really only one person needs to buy the cards uh or you can you know you can both buy the cards whatever and then you can really try it out um off of one person sort of investment and uh kind of treat it like a board game a little bit you know yeah that's a really good way to put it and the uh the other nice thing is just like building off of that is just switch sides so you know one person plays the runner a few times gets a hang of it and you've both kind of gotten to see the cards a little bit and how they interact switch sides you know now i'm running the corp and now i'm defending and trying to score agendas things like that I would I would highly absolutely recommend that for players. Um, it's really easy to kind of fall into the um, sort of like I, I'm more familiar with this card pool, so I wanna I wanna keep trying it. But um, both of the sides can feel like really sort of weak at times if the other person kind of understands your playstyle a little bit more. I think the corp probably suffers from that the most. Um, and so I think really ultimately to play Corp the best, you really need to understand the runner. And so I highly recommend the players just alternate every single game um, so that you get a really nice divided experience. Uh, that's just my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I think that's great. And um, I think one of the things you, Project Nisei has links on their page, which we'll include in the show notes that'll kind of go through i think a run is the most complicated thing you know we both yeah. the players kind of play the same except during a run yeah yep totally um, um so the, yeah. the run timing is pretty complicated and so um it's definitely worth looking up the rules for how a run works specifically exactly yeah and they do have a little card that came with the starter packs that is sort of like a rudimentary run structure but they do have a more detailed timing chart. It's a little bit more legalese. So if you you know you're not ready to totally dip your toe in the water, stick with the basic card. It kind of covers everything. But go with the more detailed run uh, rules online whenever you're ready to take the next step. Sure. Yeah, and I would recommend that um, if you broke it open, played a little bit. I would recommend that you do look up the full rules online. They have like mini rules. Uh, printed on the cards and um, I mean <clears throat> it was pretty hard to read and they weren't very broad and so uh, I, I would highly recommend supplementing those with the rules that are online yeah I think that's a really good point and and I think as of this time it's early June they haven't yet released the official rules update that was supposed to re release with system gateway mm. totally get you know it's a volunteer thing with Project Nisei, so hopefully that we'll see that later this summer. But keep that in mind that we're still waiting for like the updated official full rules document. Sure. Um, so I guess one of the things you mentioned about the different steps uh, that the starter system gateway sort of introduced everything to us. Um, How did you feel about the different mechanics that were kind of introduced in each stage? You mean between like the the baby starter versus the the bigger one? Yeah, exactly. Where you kind of get the more yeah the starting format of the the slightly like only six points to win instead of seven, and then the more simplified card pool, like no tracing things like that. Sure. Uh, I mean, 
I felt like the starter decks introduced a lot of mechanics, um, and I felt uh, I felt like by adding in and kind of making like the complete game from the starter game, um, it it doesn't really make the game more complex. It just okay. kind of uh, deepens the sort of strategy that you can get away with, especially since the baby game only goes to six points. Okay. Um, and so when you play the the game to seven points, I, I, it, it did fe feel like it made the game longer. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, so what did you feel about, like, um, some of the mechanics that the first you know, the basic game taught us or, or was teaching new players. Oh, sure. Especially, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. were there, there was, anything you, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff that they put in there. I, I was actually really pleased with a lot of the design elements that they put um, just into that starter game. <clears throat> so one of them that I wanted to talk about uh, was uh, treating net damage sort of as a um, – a tax, but it's not it's not a money tax, it's a card tax. And that's kind of important because the different kind of runner factions treat cards uh at different value points. And so um uh and and in addition, uh I think like you know, cards like tithe, uh, you basically you run through a tithe, you take a net damage, um, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to draw a card back up. And that's really valuable as the core kind of understanding that like it doesn't really matter what runner faction you're playing against. They're going to have to pay that cost of spending a click later on in order to compensate. Um, so that was really good. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's really cheap, you know, cards are, cards are the runner's health. And, but also they're the, um, they're kind of the runner's bag of tricks. And so, as the runner starts spending their tricks during the corpse turn, net damage becomes more and more valuable. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, what was the trap? Was it, is it Yurtica, Yurtica Cypher? Yurtica Cypher. Yurtica? Yurtica Cypher. Yeah, and that, that was the trap that's sort of like the, in, in the old uh, LCG and Netrunner, there was, um, was it Project Junebug? Yep, that was it. Now, you had to pay money for that one, and it only worked when it was advanced, right? It only worked when it was advanced, and it costs one credit to trigger, which is pretty influential. And it did nothing if it wasn't advanced at all. Okay. And Urtica Cypher, if I'm right, does work for free. You don't have to pay to use it. And it also works when it's not advanced. Yeah, it's better in every way. It's um, okay. it works when it's not advanced, so you can just hard install it, and it can be like a snare, which Junebug um needed to be advanced, so it really railroaded you if you wanted to get value out of it. Um, and it you don't have to have any money. Um, which is super cool. So I really love the design of Urtica Cipher. Also, it's a little bit more expensive to trash too, which is really nice. Okay, that's um, a good point. And so I was going to say, uh, and one of the cool things about Urtica Cypher is that, uh, I, you know, swapping, the players swapping between Corp and Runner, I, I'm, you know, Urtica Cypher is a really important card for kind of understanding the fundamentals of Netrunner. Um, if it was not in the game, then scoring a 5-3 agenda probably wouldn't exist. Uh, in the core set, basically. In the core, or, yeah, because, um, but... 
or, or rather you could say conversely, if five threes didn't exist, then Urtica cipher would never work because um, okay. the, 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 there's this principle of the more that the corp advances a card, a face down card in a remote, it's a higher risk um, for the runner both to run or not to run. So if if uh, um if it if they don't run, it's a bigger agenda and it does more cool stuff for the corp, which is a threat to the runner. But also at the same time, uh, if it's advanced, it could be a bigger trap. And so do more damage, theoretically kill the runner. And so I like how that was included in the core set um, to basically introduce that fundamental principle of um, the corp kind of controls the threat level by advancing the card more times uh and that's that's awesome that's really fundamental to netrunner yeah that's a really cool analysis and i think one of the big things that i enjoyed when i was playing the runner too it had like all the surprise like at least two to three different surprise runner cards so the corpse math you know you can't just guarantee you're going to to score an agenda or protect your asset with I think the big one was like the baby version of Stimac. I think it's, is it Overclock? Overclock. Yeah. And then that was the one that give you, you spend money and I think you get five credits to spend during the run. So, hey, maybe he only has two money, but suddenly I can get into that server. Yeah. Um, cool card. And then, yeah. And then actually it, they had one AI breaker called Mayfly. So it breaks anything. It, um, cheap, pretty cheap to install. But it once you've used it on that run, it dies at the end of the run. And I think that's a really, um, I think it's a really cool balance. Like the runner basically gets it for the whole run, and they can also install it ahead of time. But it does cost two memory, which is kind of caught me. <laughs> at that's least true. I, that did happen in one of our games, and uh, I think there was, I, I think every game we had tread lightly, and I think maybe. I kept losing it to net damage when I was running, but you were able to pull it off once when you played it, and that's the one that made it more expensive to res ice, I believe. Yeah, res each each the res cost of each ice during this run is increased by three. Um, it's really powerful for um, if the corp is trying to shove out an agenda on a remote behind like two unresed ice, and then you know plus six cost is crippling. Yeah. And you, they, they could keep you out maybe, but then they're broke or they can't get both up and you get in sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, so then when you added in that, um, the sort of the, the, the completion pack, uh, that really upgrades the game to like a sort of full game, not with the deck building. Um, they added a couple more cards that I thought it were, um, really good for kind of reinforcing fundamental mechanics. Um, Leech was one, so basically it adds with the um, Penny Shaver to basically uh, kind of introduce this idea of uh, value value for repeated runs, basically rewarding the runner for running um, in a different way, which is which is really cool. Um, and then uh, on the corpse side, one that I wanted to mention uh, that was really interesting was Funhouse because this adds this. It's really expensive to break. Um, if you don't want to get tagged, but if you want to fight the, or if you want to fight the tags, it's really, really expensive. But, um, I had this experience when I was playing it where the runner basically couldn't afford to pay the tax. And so they just accepted the tags and took like five tags and it won them the game. And that's a really common experience where 
uh, and I thought it was it was cool to include it that it's uh, it's a taxing ice. Um, but only as long as the runner cares. And I, one of the things I love about Netrunner is the runner kind of reaches this point where they kind of have to go all in. And, uh, and so, uh, that kind of introduces that experience. And that's something important for new players to be aware of is like, if you have to go all in to try to win the game, cause you're about to lose, then do feel free to do it. You can take a tag. Yeah, that's actually a great point. And they do have tag punishment in System Gateway, that was the one card that lets them trash a program or a hardware. I think it's the Wayland event. Um, but yeah. they don't have like an explosive kill card. So other than the net damage trap or in the net damage ice. Well, there's that agenda that does. Oh, the agenda, the damage. mean damage agenda. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really a kill card. Yeah, it's hard to pull off. So unless they had like they've gotten a lot of tags and you managed to score out the four point agenda. Sorry, the two-point agenda that's for advancements. Orbital superiority, that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that the other really big card that I remember was there was only one copy of Skunk Works, but uh, that's the one where they have to pay a tax to get in the upgrade. It's the two clicks or five money, which can be pretty you know, expensive in the core set. Yeah, uh, and, and you, can, you can res it after they've passed all the ice too, which is a big deal. Yeah, when they change the timing window slightly with the new uh, version of the rules, which I think is kind of nice too. Yeah, so uh, basically the runner, you can wait to res it until after the runner's gone past all the ice. Um, and uh, that's sort of, one. that is a pretty fundamental experience of Netrunner. Like if you can bait the runner into running through an expensive server one time and they can't get afford to get through a second time res your skunk works you blocked the run they just spent a bunch of money and now they can't afford to get in a second time and now you know you're you're way way ahead you kind of baited a run exactly yeah and then i think the other card was another virus was conduit which is the repeated r&d run card sort of like uh medium medium exactly from the base game uh, the original netrunner lcg uh medium but this one you i really like the balance change where you have to use the click ability on it so you can't like stack it with other cards uh yep fantastic which is kind of neat um so we're running we're running a little uh running a little low on time so maybe um i just wanted to kind of ask you so Maybe what were a couple cards that you just uh, that you really just uh, like that you wanted to mention um, from the core set kind of before we close out? Oh, yeah. One of the cards that stuck with me, I think, was uh, Seamless Launch. Oh, yeah. Uh, where it's you can install a card and um, the following turn play Seamless Launch, with which adds the two advancements for, I think, one money. Um, yeah, in one action. So you in one action. So it's it makes it so they kind of have to run a face down card and it, and then it lets you bait them into running, you know, an asset or a trap like Urtica Cipher. Yeah. Because seamless launch exists now, um, your, even your upgrades might be a four, two agenda. And so, um, especially if the runner saw that in your hand when they ran HQ, they have to respect that, which is really, really cool. And I think one of the biggest design weaknesses of the original game was that, the four twos were impossible to score and and they weren't very good. <laughs> no, that's great. That's a really good 
thought. And what was a card that really spoke to you or really stood out for you, like kind of as a cool thing to include in a course? Oh man, well, you, you took mine. Orbital. I mean, I'm sorry, not orbital. Seamless launch was the was the one that was that, that's a fantastic card. But um, I got more. Uh, off world office. Uh, I love off world office because um. It took the designers a long time to kind of realize that uh, one of the fundamental principles of Netrunner is that um, if the corp is advancing their win condition, it's basically slowing them down. And Mm -hmm. I like that as a design principle, but it was just so crippling for new players. Um, And so Off-World Office is a 4-2, and when you score it, you gain 7 credits. Um, And so it just, it rewards you for jamming out agendas, and that is absolutely what a corset needs uh for corpse like they can't afford to be bogged down by trying to win the game because the runners are just so limber yeah it's a really good really good idea and i uh i think even the three five the one that reses a ice works when it's stolen or scored so that's another kind of neat way to be not totally crippling and punishing yeah, although it always loses you the game if it gets stolen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, almost. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't think I've ever won a game where it got stolen. That's how it goes. Yeah. The Before we end, though, the other one I thought was a very cool card was White Space, the ice that taxes money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a cool, because there's a lot of net damage taxing ice in those starter decks but this is one where hey you hit me you lose three money if you don't have the right breaker and if you don't have a high enough money pool you're you get kicked out and what's really cool is once the runner has enough money they only have to break one of the subroutines that's true um so it's it's a lot less taxing which i think is is super cool and i think it's really cool to introduce that idea to runners that like the state of the ice changes over the course of the game yeah, that's actually really... I didn't think about only needing to break one subroutine later. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. so it's not even particularly taxing late game, but it's super powerful early game. Um, one uh, one other card that I wanted to mention uh, uh, actually was Orbital Superiority um, because yeah, it, it probably doesn't seem very good. It's a 4-2, and when you score it, um, the runner takes a tag, but if they already have a tag, you do 4 meat damage to them instead. You blast them from outer space, <laughs> which is super-duper cool. Um, but uh, what I loved about the design of this card was, um, and this is how I played it, basically what I did is I install Advanced Advanced and Orbital Superiority, and um, when the runner couldn't steal it, and then uh, they didn't run it, and I just left it there. Uh, and and basically the idea was that it's a failed trap. They're like, oh, you, it was an Urtica cipher, uh, and I didn't I didn't fall for it, so uh, it's good for me. And then they'll leave it there. But actually, it's an orbital superiority, and I'm just waiting to uh, play public trail later on. And then I play public trail um, to give the runner a tag, and then I advance, advance, score it for value. For meat damage, and even if you don't kill the runner, which you absolutely could do, um, you still get the value of knocking four cards out of their hand, which is almost an entire turn that they have to spend recovering. Yeah, and in this core set, there's almost no recursion, I don't think. So if you knock out a really good breaker or their last copy of a breaker, that could be a way you win the game then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you can kind of sniff sort of the times when the runner's kind of holding on to their breakers because they like they're kind of afraid to play them. 
Yeah, no, it's it's interesting the the kind of really simple design choices they made that were really uh, maybe simple might not be the right word, but kind of neat choices they made that made it feel way more interesting than the old corset did. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we've learned so much. So much. I'm I'm actually I'm a lot more pleased introducing people to Netrunner with this set than I've ever been in the past. Yeah, me too. And I, I recently played with a few other people as well. And I'm excited now that, you know, we can game in person again, uh, as we're getting more and more of us vaccinated. I'm really looking forward to teaching some new people that never played before. Oh, man. Well, that was great. Well, we're out of time, Stephen. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next time.